Hello everyone, we are live and direct. This is your girl Chantel E and you are tuned in to Speaking with Chantel, the podcast where I share my thoughts, tips, and other random things that pop into my head. Today is a very special day because we are celebrating the first episode of this podcast and you are tuned in right now, which means you've been here from the beginning, which means we're family now. And you know what family does? They keep it real with each other. So in this podcast, I'm going to do my very best to keep it real, keep it honest, and I hope that you learn something from it and that it speaks to you and something can be gained from it. That's my honest prayer. And also, add on to the celebration train, since this is the first episode, they always say the hardest part of anything is to start it. And so I just want to take a second to say thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad that I took this step and I'm putting this out there. And if it sucks, I want to hear the feedback. If it's great, I want to hear the feedback, y'all, so that it can just go up from here and be better from here. And eventually, I'm going to start streaming alongside with recording this podcast. But for today, I just wanted to record to get comfortable with my new mic. And I make so many facial expressions when I talk, guys. And obviously, you can't see my face. So I need to practice articulating my thoughts. So, um... Because I know that I can't just give you all that look where you know what I mean, and I know you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so anyways, without much ado, let's do what we need to do, okay? So the first episode today, we are talking about hashtag post clarity. So, Urban Dictionary defines post clarity as the immediate clear-mindedness an individual gets after netting. So I would rephrase this and make it brighter and a little bit broader by saying it's the clear-mindedness an individual gets after obtaining what they thought they wanted, okay? So believe it or not, I actually came up with this idea as I was reading my Bible. I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week, what would be relevant and informative, and as I was reading my Bible, I came across the story of Amnon in 2 Samuel 13, verse 1 to 23. And as I was reading the story, I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds so much like post-nut clarity, (laughs) Um, which is a term I heard all the time when I was in high school. I haven't really heard it that often, so I wonder if it's not really popular anymore, but I'm sure most of you guys know what that meant, and I already told you, so you know now. So that's why this title says featuring JC. There's no other person. It's just me, guys, but JC is no one other than Jesus Christ, my Lord and personal Savior. So, you know, he's going to be in here a lot because he definitely, him and the word, influences a lot of the opinions I have. Um, So I think it would be really cool to have, like, a Christian perspective on things and a biblical reference. And I know you're probably scratching your head right now because you're like, what? But so many things, guys, so many concepts, so many ideas that people have nowadays are gentrified biblical ideas. And when I use the word gentrified, I know a lot of y'all think about white people going into black neighborhoods, tearing down the culture, all of that, putting up Starbuckses. But I mean it in a similar way, um, just more broad again. Um, but when I use that word, I say it to mean that when someone takes a concept from a certain sector, group, religion, race, and they put a worldly twist on it, or they make it more basic as they feed it to the masses. So, for example, this concept of post clarity is actually something that we can trace back to the Bible, as I'm about to tell you guys about. And there are so many other things, literally everything, that can be traced back to the Bible. 
For example, I was having a conversation with my friend the other day and they were asking me what I thought about manifestation. And I was like, do you mean gentrified prayer? And they started laughing and they're like, you know what? You're right. That's exactly what it is. Um, so yeah, I got a lot of knowledge for you guys, but I can't give it all to you this episode. You're going to have to keep tuning in. Uh, but let's get back to the topic. Okay. So if you haven't read the story, please pause me and go and read it or read it after this. It's a really good story. I'm going to give you a summary of it, but literally guys, this is a really good story. And I do recommend that you read it and get your own understanding from it. So in this story, Amnon has a thing for his beautiful half-sister Tamar. Amnon was the oldest son of David, yes, pebbles and slingshot, Goliath, David, and he's the royal prince, therefore the heir of the throne. So he has the hots for his sister Amnon so bad that the Bible literally states he was, quote, so infatuated that he lost weight just thinking about her. So he tells his shysty friend and cousin, Jonadab, that he is in love with Tamar and asks for his advice. And let me just pause here and say, I know everyone has a Jonadab. They have that one friend who is down for whatever. And when you hit them up, you, you, even if you know what you're doing is wrong, you know, they might just go with it and they might help you do that wrong thing. Listen, y'all, you need to cut those people out of your life. And you need to be around people who are going to give you the right advice, call you out on your crap, and lead you in the right direction. If you hang out with snakes, guess what? You're going to become a snake. But we can come back to that later. So, basically, Jonadab gives Amnon this whole scheme. And the plan is so evil that it's... I'm not even going to call it a plan, y'all. It was literally a scheme. So, Amnon was going to pretend to be sick and tell his dad, King David, to have Tamar come cook for him. So long story short, the girl does come to cook, and when she's done, Amnon says to her, come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, no, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. As for me, where could I get rid of my reproach? Which means not being a virgin. And as for you, you will... You will be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. This is 2 Samuel 13, 11 to 13. At the time, there was nothing wrong with marrying your half-sister. So Tamar is basically saying, you know, just ask dad. Like, maybe we can get married and you can have me that way, right? But Amnon ignores these requests and he proceeds to rape Tamar. So Tamar was a virgin And if Amnon really loved her, he could have gone about it the right way and got her hand in marriage and had her that way. But the thing is, he didn't really love her. He was lusting after her. And after he had raped her, the Bible literally says that he hated her more than he had ever loved her. He told her to leave, to which she responds, No, my brother, for this wrong in sending me away is greater than the other that you did to me. That's 2 Samuel 13, 15-16. This response refers to Deuteronomy 22:28, which states that a man who rapes a virgin must marry her. Amnon ignored her and even had his servants come kick her out of the room, saying, and I quote, Now throw this woman out of my presence and lock the door behind her in 2 Samuel 13:17. So Amnon was the king of the F-boys, guys. He had no pity or remorse. 
And I think Tamar's response reminds me a lot of the responses a lot of women today have when we're going through a hard time. And I know hard time is really minimizing what happened to Tamar, but I think when we are treated by someone, when we're treated wrongly by someone we love, or we are dealing with infidelity, or all of these terrible things that can come along with any relationship, we often will deal with it if we feel like the end result is we're going to get to be with that person. Um, We call ourselves ride or dies. We say, oh, he knows where home is. And all of that is really sad to me, honestly. The idea that in being claimed or being had by someone, we should just invalidate all of their wrongdoing. I really don't think that's right. And in Tamar's time, that was her only option. When you weren't a virgin at that time, you could never get married, you could never have children. Even though she was literally gorgeous, nobody was going to want her anymore just because of that. Nowadays, we are so blessed and lucky that even if we aren't virgins, we still have another chance at life and love. And I feel like we should use that opportunity and be happy that we now have more say in our relationships and not deal with behavior like that. And let me just say very clearly that this was not Tamar's fault at all. And a lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, we can feel like it was our fault when we are taking advantage of or when someone does the wrong thing to us. But the reality is, it's not your fault and it never was. Tamar was obedient, trusting, and kind. When her father told her to help her ailing half-brother, Amnon, she went and cooked for him. When Amnon bids her to bring food to his room, she goes. And she didn't know what he had schemed and lied and done in order to get her alone because he was obsessed with her. Tamar was literally just following orders. And our sister Tamar ended up devastated, and I'm sure we'd all be if we were raped and thrown out. The Bible says um, she had a cloak of many colors like Joseph, and they were given to all of the virgin daughters. And the cloak kind of shows her importance, her value. And when she was kicked out, she ripped up her cloak and put ashes on her head. So there is so much to unpack in this story, literally so much I can say, but I'm going to try and keep it brief. Um, Tamar was a virgin, and this guy was literally obsessed with her. Her half-brother was literally obsessed with her. But it wasn't a good obsession. It wasn't a love. It was a lust. And a lot of times, I'm talking to the woman here, um, but a lot of times, ladies, you think someone loves you, and it's really just lust. Um, You know, he even said to his cousin that he loved her, but... That selfish and cruel behavior he showed is literally the opposite of that 1 Corinthians 13.4 love the Bible talks about. You shouldn't blindly follow the words of men. Um, We have to listen to what God says love is and see if the action someone is showing us aligns with the word. And similarly, my men in here, my brothers, a lot of times, men, you think that you have good intentions for someone but as soon as you sleep with them, you get that clarity and realize that was all it really was for you. You might not be out here raping people, thank God, but you can also be dishonest with your intentions and you aren't assessing if you have true feelings or if it's just a case of the fleeting feels. And that's not right either. And we can take this topic farther than sex and say sometimes in our life and events and jobs we take um, and jobs we take and rules we make 
and things we choose to do with ourselves, we go in thinking, oh my gosh, I really want this so bad. You might concoct schemes. You get people in on it with you. Um, you think you really, really want something. And as soon as you get it, you realize that it wasn't what you wanted at all. So how do we not fall into this? It's so easy to lust after things. It's easy to lust after people, after lifestyles. But the way you know if you really want something or not, someone or not, anything or not, is if you're willing to go about it the correct way and pay the price for it. Amnon was not willing to go about it the correct way. He had to concoct schemes for it, and he just didn't want to pay the price, which was in this case, marriage. He didn't even want to date her. And at the time, you could have multiple wives, which is what makes this even crazier to me. It wasn't even like she had to be his one and only. She just had to be one. And he didn't even want to do that for her. All that he did is indicative of lust, not love. It didn't show true motives or true intentions. Have you ever heard of the term when um, people would be like, oh, that girl's so easy. I don't know if people really say that anymore but when I was younger people said that all the time like oh that girl was easy that comes from the idea that you're not making someone put in enough work through effort to really show that they have true intentions with you um it's kind of like saying someone is naive um and if someone has genuine feelings for you or you have genuine feelings about anything those are not going to disappear if it's truly genuine it will last in this case this poor girl was raped But a lot of times I know women can feel like this because they also weren't given true intentions. Someone had hidden motives or they thought that something else would come out of something or they had hopes for a relationship or something like that and it didn't work out that way. Men too. And as soon as he came, he came to his senses, you know, like that little Wayne song. (laughs) But as soon as he came, he realized, ah, I'm not really into this girl. You know, the same guy who was losing weight thinking about her is like, um, yeah, get her out of here and lock the door. Like, the Bible says he hated her more than he loved her before he was with her. And this was obviously so traumatic for her. But the awesome thing, or the silver lining in all of this, is that, you know, God did not rip up her cloak. God did not send someone to come rip up that cloak. Oh, give me that. You're not pure. Um... God didn't put the dirt on her head. She took it upon herself to rip off the cloak because that's how she felt about herself in that moment. And a lot of times we punish and beat ourselves up. But I want to tell somebody that God is forgiving. God is merciful. Um, And rape victims out there, people who have been abused, taken advantage of, what happened was not your fault. And so many times we punish ourselves like Tamar is here and we bring judgment upon ourselves. You don't have to do that. In the end, Tamar's full brother, Absalom, set up this whole plot to have Amnon killed, and it works. And that can be a lesson, too, in that your actions do have consequences, and you can't just go around doing evil and tricking people, raping people, thinking that it's all good and God's going to just turn a blind eye. It's not going to be like that either. Um, Here, you know, you might not get killed, but just know that at the end of the day, you do have to answer for everything that you've done. And what's even crazier is if we go back a few books, David, his father, literally did almost a similar scheme in which he saw this woman, Bathsheba, bathing, and he impregnated her, even though she was married. And then he, too, concocted this whole scheme 
for her husband who was in the military to be killed so that he could marry her. So like father, like son in a way. It shows that the actions you do today, the things you struggle with today, you know, David didn't really see a punishment for what he did to Bathsheba, but in his lineage later on, lineage, sorry, later on, his son saw punishment for what he did and his son had similar behaviors. So also realizing that the things we do today, you know, it might not affect us, but it could affect our future generations. And so David was a very complex human being, y'all. And so many times we just hear the story of David and Goliath and we're like, oh yeah, David, he was a hero. Um, And so many people, they love David and I love David too. You know, he was awesome. Like he was a, he was, he was a great guy. He has great stories, but he was multifaceted. There was a lot to him. And similarly, there's a lot to me and you. Um, We're not just beating Goliath every day. We have our own struggles. We have our own downfalls. And I think it's important to acknowledge our struggles and downfalls. And, you know, just as much as we acknowledge the successes, try and better ourselves through where we shortfall. Um, So I encourage you guys to read about David. He's one of my favorite people in the Bible. And I think the more you learn about him, the more you would be able to relate to him, or at least that's how I felt. So maybe we can do more about David in the future, y'all. But to wrap this up, my prayer for everyone is that you can meet someone who has genuine motives and honest feelings for you, that we can align ourselves with people and things we have real love for, and that we won't fall into the hands of people who are scheming against us, okay? And don't rip up that cloak, sis. You still are and will always be precious in the sight of God. God doesn't have post-nut clarity, okay? He knows who you are, he knows what you've done, and he knows the plans he has for you. Find comfort in that. Okay, y'all, thanks for listening. I love you. I love you for being here. Feel free to connect with me on IG or Twitter. My username, (laughs) look, I got through this whole thing with no mistakes. It's all right. My username, all right, praise God, is SHX. E-R-X. All right. See you next time on Speaking with Chantel. Bye.